Going Linux episode 366, Revisiting Kubuntu. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you are new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux. We hope that you find this and all our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. In today's episode, revisiting Kubuntu. Yeah. Hi, Bill. Hey, Larry. How are you today? I am doing well. Hey, I thought we were doing MX Linux. What happened? Okay. Um, we were. So I, what happened was I put it in a VM and it run fine. And I run through all the, the little, um, you know, tweaks and stuff. And I said, okay, it's running great in VM. So let's back up my machine. Uh, and then I installed it on my base hardware. Everything was going fine. It applied some updates and broke it. It would not boot again. I'm like, hmm. So I'm sure it was a glitch. So we redid the process again and did the updates. Broke again. And I said, well. No, that's not good. <laughs> no. And, you know, in all fairness, it could be my machine. But, uh I don't. I didn't have any problems with uh, Ubuntu-based distros, so I said, "Okay, well, you know, we've been talking about it. Everybody uh, wants to have options, and so I said, you know what? Let me try OpenSUSE, and that was just a horrendous failure on my part. It, things are done so differently. Um, yeah, they are. It, the thing I did get it installed, and so I said, you know, things have just got to uh, work, you know. And so I said, okay, so I'm going to install Discord. Went to there to Yast and it pulled up Discord. I'm like, okay, that's a good sign, you know. And then I installed Chrome. Um, and I they didn't have it in their in their repositories, but I got it from uh, Google's site, which you know that's why I usually do to keep get the most of the current version. That sure. installed fine. And then, uh, uh, so I went about, you know, just things that we need to use to get things done. And I'm like, okay, this should this should be okay. And then I went to Discord, and it says, oh, congratulations, there's an update, and here's a dev package. There's a problem with that. Seuss uses RPMs. Yes. So I'm like, okay, well, let me look around. Maybe there's a snap, uh, or maybe I can just find... The source, I said, no, that kind of defeats the purpose. No one's going to go to these links to get Discord working. Um, that's just wants it to work. And that was about the only real software problem. I thought it was really slow to upgrade. And you remember now, Yas is totally different from used, uh, I'm used to. So, of course, it's going to be unfamiliar. Uh, but I just... You know, to say, you know, there's an error here or I couldn't find um, uh, something that I wanted. It didn't have um, uh, wine tricks in it, which, you know, is 
kind of important. Uh, I use it to install stuff once in a while. Uh, I went to see um, about uh, installing some fonts, and it just it just didn't click well with me. I'm not saying it's a bad distribution, but I think it's more if more geared toward uh, businesses. Yeah, and, it is. and so it just didn't feel like a good uh, candidate for someone just fresh out. I'm sure it's a great distro. It's gorgeous. I'll give it that much. But it was using uh, um, an interface I didn't really like. So I'm sitting there and I said, well, might as well just go ahead. I can go back to Bungie. I got the backup. But as much as I liked Bungie uh, it, and how well everything run, it, you know, it's Ubuntu based. It just didn't quite fit my need. And we'll talk more about that in, in the show. Um, so I, I pulled, I said, well, since I'm going to be harshing on two, I might as well harsh on the third one. And that's where I have to maybe eat my words. So anyway, <laughs> we'll get into that. But, uh, I was, uh, looking at me, we, and then I, uh, Left in the show notes and asking me what the final counts were on our uh, MIUI poll results and and also wanted to see how our adopt, adoption rates are going. And so yeah. uh, the the polls closed now, right? Yes, it is. Okay, so twenty four uh, of our pe- people took the poll on MIUI and it went it is following. You had um, you had uh, start fresh or import all the old G- Google Plus posts, and then there was if you and then you had an other if I think was if they need if they wanted to say something else or add some comments. So mm-hmm. the results come in. Um, Fourteen voted uh, to just start fresh, and ten voted to import all the old Google Plus posts. So I guess. Since more people would just start fresh and not import all the old posts, uh, we are going to just do the start fresh like we're doing already. And I don't know what you got plans for if uh, with the old Google Plus posts, but yeah, so we're going to just continue on. We're not going to bring everything over because I kind of see where they're going with that about um, maybe causing some um, confusion. So yeah, and a lot of the old posts are a bit dated as well. So okay. I have no problem starting fresh. I have saved, exported using Google's tool the uh, the old posts if we need to refer to them. I guess uh, we can, but um, yeah, I, I think starting fresh is the best approach. That was the approach I was going to follow. By default, but I thought I would get the opinion of our listeners rather than just make the decision independently. And it looks like, for the most part, people agree with the approach I was going to use. And the 24 who took the poll, we had it up for about 10 days. We've had Mimi, what, for two weeks now? Mm-hmm. And we have 52 members of our Mimi group. And oh, wow. I don't we... know how, ma- how many are on Discord, but. Um, it's uh yeah it's it's picking up um there's not a lot of activity in there yet but we have quite a few members and i think as we uh get a little more used to using me we will have some more discussion in the chat and discussion in the group and it's picking up 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it hasn't um, only been, like I said, about two weeks, and, and we seem to be um, gaining people. 52 and only two weeks old. It, it's moving it's moving on. Yeah. Yeah, so I think MeWe's uh, definitely a keeper, and um, so um, thank you for everybody that voted, and I think uh, Larry's already had already decided, but he wanted the input that we're just going to start fresh and and go forward. So yay! Yeah, and we've made the decision. It is now MeWe as our official channel. We're not shutting down the Discord channel. It'll still be around. You can still get to it, but um, our community link now points mm-hmm. to our mewe.com for going Linux. Chat. Yay! So yeah, after after much uh, testing and and uh, trying different alternatives, Mewe was the last one and the best one. That's how it usually works. The last one we always pick is the one we choose, or it's the best one. One of these days, we got to figure out how to choose the last one first. Yeah, that's right. Well, the reason you you always uh, end up with the last one is because once you find the best one, that's uh-huh. you find that one last, and that's the one you stick with. So you, you stop <laughs> yeah. looking. That's why. <laughs> anyway, so looking for things you like, uh, we'll we'll not put a spoiler in here. Uh, let's let's take a look at Kubuntu, shall we? So okay, so. Uh, Larry, we're going to be revisiting Kubuntu, as the title says, and as as anybody who has listened to me in the past shows know, I have been hard on KDE desktops in the past, since I was uh, distro hopping, and I was uh, in the whole exercise, I decided I, I would revisit Kubuntu. Okay, so, jumping to the conclusion, what'd you find out? <laughs> well... Well, Larry, yeah, huh? See, I see how you're doing that. No, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> short, yeah. short episode, yeah. right? Yeah, short episode. <laughs> it's great. We're done. Or yeah, no. Um, before we get, we, I give you my review and the reasons, because um, there are some, and you might find it surprising. Let's uh, let's give a short um, blurb about Kubuntu for people who might not know what it is if it's their first time listening. Okay. So here's a direct quote from the Kubuntu website. Kubuntu is a community-developed and supported project. Since its launch in October 2004, Kubuntu has become one of the most highly regarded Linux distributions with millions of users around the world. Our mission is to provide the latest stable KDE software, which includes the flagship project Plasma, our desktop environment on top of a stable Ubuntu core. We release in six-month cycles, following the same freeze milestones as Ubuntu. Kubuntu will always be free to download, free to use, and free to distribute to others. With these goals in mind, Kubuntu aims to be the most widely used Linux system and is the center of a global open-source software ecosystem. There you go. Okay. I grabbed that from the website. Uh... But I just thought that um, it was very, um, very concise, and uh, mm-hmm. might just be a tad bit biased, you know. But uh, yeah, but, we're gonna uh, be the best. We are. We're the gonna best. be the best. Yeah. But I, you know, that that's was, all right. Yeah, that, that, I'm, they're positive. So yeah, um, some of the features that are important, uh, since this is an LTS, which means long-term service, uh, or excuse me, long-term support. 
version, it, and since it is based on 18.04, well, to be exact, it's based, the one I downloaded is 18.04.2. It was a, mm -hmm. a point release in the long-term service, you know. It will be supported for five years or until April 2023. And I want you to remember that uh, that date, and you'll see why here in a minute. The system requirements uh, to run it are the following. And it uh, takes a 2 gigahertz uh, dual-core processor. And um, it also has a 32-bit version but with a caveat, we'll talk about that in a minute. It only takes two gigabytes of RAM. Uh, you need at least a 25 gigabyte hard drive, and you need a video card that uh, that can do VGA at 1020 by 768. Boy, those As are I some said, pretty modest requirements. Aren't yeah. They? Well, you'll see how modest here in just a minute. Uh, I put that in there for a reason. That um, Kubuntu right now is still supporting 32-bit processors. So if you have a 32-bit processor, you know you uh, can run this current this version of Kubuntu until April of 2023. Uh, and but they're going to be dropping um, the 32-bit support. If you have one and just want to get a little more you know, time with that with your machine, it's working fine. Then this might be a version that you might want to consider. Uh, so it buys you about three more years of use. One of the coolest features is called Vaults, and it's an easy-to-use uh, encrypted space for your files that you can set up from desktop and use it to store sensitive items, like uh, if you have pictures of uh, your family uh, or that you want to um, maybe put up in Dropbox. It says it will work. You set a password, and it's all GUI. You don't have to... You don't have to do anything. It just works. You can change the encryption routine on it, but as a general rule, just it works seamlessly. So if you're doing your taxes and you have a bunch of uh, important uh, and sensitive income information or whatever, you can drop them in this box. When you're done, you just uh, basically is a little uh, unmount little button. You just hit it and it locks it down. And then when you're you say, oh, if I need to look at something, there's a little padlock on your um, bar. You just click it, and it's and it'll show it. You, you name the folder, and you can say, uh, you know, open, and it'll say open with Dolphin. Dolphin is the name of it, the package manager, and it says enter your password. And once you do that, you're able to use it, see what's inside. Uh, it'll stay open until either a reboot or until you. Um, tell it to uh, lock it back down. So it's really cool. You can tell it, you know, what kind of actions can be done in it. So it's a it's a really handy um, thing for if you just got uh, documents or you could store our super secret uh, show notes in it, Larry. So, you know, our rivals couldn't see what we're going to talk about. It sounds very useful. Um, I know in the past we've talked about a tool called VeraCrypt mm -hmm. that allows you to create folders that you can encrypt or you can encrypt the entire hard drive if you want to using VeraCrypt, if I remember correctly. But this sounds, since it's built into Kubuntu, sounds very um, 
very convenient so you don't have to install yet another program you know yeah it's very convenient and what i like about it, it's just there it doesn't i mean it's super simple it just works well and it's just a nice polished feature especially if you because you can set up multiple uh vaults so say if you're using this for business that's that was one of the the use uses i thought say hey you're you're using this uh, for your accounting business, and you're working on uh, A company, and you're done. So you lock their vault, and now you go to B company, and you unlock it. You do everything, lock their vault. Uh, you can store all that in separate vaults uh, with different passwords, um, and there's no cross-pollination. If someone steals your laptop, they're not going to get very far because uh, – they have to get into your system. Then they have to figure out that, that what that little icon lock icon means. And then they have to figure out the password. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. you know they're not going to do it. So it's just it's it was it's a nice feature, uh, especially you know since we've been talking so much about business use and stuff. So I just thought it was a really cool thing to have it baked into the, the interface. Yeah, you bet. So you've talked now a little bit about vaults, but what are your thoughts on Kubuntu as a distribution? Okay, Larry, here goes. It's, I like it in a show. Oh, oh, okay, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, let's just go over just some of the basics. You know, since I'm not going to go into huge detail because uh, it, it works almost identically to a standard uh, Ubuntu Mate uh, install, the uh, interface is prettier. But it's the same function. There's no buttons aren't moved. So if you can do one, if you, if you use uh, Bungie or Mate or or regular stock Ubuntu, it will be 100% familiar. There is no surprises. So the install was very very easy and clean. And the install walked me through the steps, and it was very easy. Everything was clear, understandable. Uh, I even tried something I had never did before just to see what would happen. Uh, usually I do a, a nuke and pave. Um, yeah. But I said – I told him, I said, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I am, I'm going to install this over uh, Bungie, um, and I'm going to leave my uh, home directory – because I have my home directory on a separate hard drive. Okay. And I just told it to install uh, and don't format it before it installs. So I said, well, it's either going to work really horribly or it's going to work really well. Yeah. Or it's not going to work at all. So um, I went ahead and have it installed over my Bungie. And this is what happened. Uh, Combined to uh, installed, didn't delete anything in my home partition, and it worked. And that was really cool. Uh, I do. I do have to say it, it couldn't install some of the packages like the Chrome. It I guess it couldn't pull it from the repository, and it didn't install some of the fonts. But those are two super easy ones. So it just turned out that I installed the fonts. I just downloaded uh, Chrome again, and what was really cool as soon as Chrome was installed, I guess it pulled everything from the home directory, all my preferences, and it was back. Uh, just exactly like it was before. So, I mean, I didn't even have to re-enter anything. It was like, oh, hey, we've seen you've had this before. Boom, done. Mm, um, great. Yeah, the fonts were super easy, 
and it was a huge success. And what was really, really uh, interesting, I do have this backed up because it's such a huge install. My Guild Wars, it worked great. <laughs> so <laughs> there was no, there was no tinkering. Yeah. I think I had to install a couple fonts, and I had to reinstall Chrome. And other than that, uh, all my documents, my pictures, there was no, uh, you know, oh, you know, this thing's got bugs now. It's just been running super smooth. And I know in the past, sometimes it doesn't, it didn't go well in the early days, but it, they've done a lot of work. So I think that's really, really, really uh, shows that you've got an older version of, of uh, an Ubuntu-based, uh, like uh, Mate, Ubuntu, Bungie, whatever, that uh, maybe you can use this. I don't know. Have you ever tried anything like that? Yeah, going from one version to another and leaving your home directory in place. Yeah, I I have done that in the past, and I've also done the upgrade of the same distribution in mm -hmm. place. And both of those have gone very well. Oh, okay. Uh, and the the upgrade of the same distribution goes better, I think, because when I actually tried the um, install over another distribution over top of another distribution maintaining your uh, home directory. Mm -hmm. um, I was going from an RPM to a deb, and some oh. of the packages were different, some of the preferences were different, uh, some of the same program stored things in different folders on deb-based versions than on RPM-based versions. So I was knocking my head against some of those issues. So it the installation went smoothly and everything seemed to go well, except that it didn't find a lot of my preferences because of the differences in the way distributions um, look at where should programs be stored, where should preferences yeah. be stored and that kind of thing. So, yeah, other than that, yeah, it went pretty well. Yeah, I, like I said, I just think it went well because they're both based on the Ubuntu, the same version. Just the, Now, Ubuntu does things a little differently in certain... Um, uh, you know, certain areas they have different programs. You know, there because yeah. I have done upgrades. I mean, we've we went from long term service to long time service, or in your case, long term service to the six month, and then back to a long term service. But we, we we tend to go from long term to long term, and and that's always worked pretty you know, seamlessly. And I just said, well, we're going from Bungie to Kubuntu. And so that could, you know, have some different um, issues and problems, and there was none, which was was great. And that just kind of shows uh, shows me that you know they've been working on the back end, you know. But what was really cool is that uh, it saw uh, that I had an Nvidia, I needed an Nvidia driver. But it's oh let us go ahead and update it and it updated actually it looked like a, a newer version but it just installed installed it and said oh don't worry about it we take care of it and it was done so yeah, that's great <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I auto magically that's great so you know it, if you're a new user you know I know uh, some of our listeners might go why is he making such a big deal about this it, it's not that it's a big deal it's just it's it makes me happy to see that you know we're moving toward it where it's easier to use for new people. Yep, exactly. Um, 
and that may, that and you know the Ubuntu teams and these distribution teams they should really get um, some uh, kudos because they they work hard. So anyway, that was kind of the basics. I mean, everything like I said, just run it, install was super easy. The, the the migration was easy. Everything worked out of the package. But you're probably got a question, don't you? Uh, of course I do. Um, and I think I know the answer, but let's hear it. Uh, I, I thought you were going to stick with Budgie. Um, so why, why are you now switching to Kubuntu and saying you're going to stick with that one? <laughs> because you're a distro hopper or <laughs> was well, there something guess, wrong with Budgie? <laughs> you've got to blame our, the, uh, the, the minions because, uh -huh. you know, as soon as they say, Hey, look at this shiny new toy. I'm, I'm like, um, yeah, I, I do need to see that shiny new toy. And so, you know, <clears throat> but no, really there is a reason. And that is a really good a good question. So don't hate on me for what I'm about to say. This is my opinion, my opinion only, and my views do, are not those of Going Linux or Larry Bushy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had to put that okay. legal disclaimer in. Yeah. Um, uh, there are different types of interfaces, and and uh, hear me out. You understand where I'm going with this. Um, and each one has a different type of workflow that work best for them. L like you, you like Mate. Mm -hmm. uh, and I liked Cinnamon because it was very Windows type. Not Windows, but Windows type, you know. And uh, so, well, Kubuntu is like that for me. Um, don't misunderstand me that Bungie was was great. and But it was not exactly what I wanted, and it still felt uh, unnatural. I know you can get used to work with different workflows, but I'm thinking, why should I have to? Right. Um, so we had talked about this before on the show and between ourselves that if we want to have people adopt Linux, it must be easy to use, easy to install, and an interface needs to be comfortable for them because if they are on a Mac or, Wind or, or a Windows user, we wanted to help them in using the machine, the less learning curve to use the machine, the better it is. Uh, and it's even more important and now than ever. And let me tell you why this is. Uh, listening, I listen to a bunch of podcasts, but the one that caught my attention and kind of drove part of this was I was listening to Windows Weekly, which is Leo Laporte's uh, podcast. And they were discussing the upcoming end of life of Windows 7 and how Microsoft is basically saying it's time to buy a new computer um, so people can use uh, Windows 10 uh, but they still have perfectly good hardware but they're saying you need to change it because it's old I find that troubling why are you going to get rid of perfectly good hardware so I heard all the arguments you know we're five or six seven years old it's cheap to get a new machine nowadays um, but why throw out the hardware when it works? So I went back and looked at the low-end system har hardware that was out uh, when Windows 7 was out. And it was come out uh, about 2008, 2009. So I went back and was looking at some of the hardware um, that was running. And I didn't go to the high-end. I looked at you know the, the 
do standard, even low-end versions of the hardware to see what was out there. And the, that hardware, it meets the Ubuntu, the Ubuntu, the Mate, the Bungie, or Mint requirements. So if we offer a good choice, we could really maybe see a growth because there's millions of these people. They still have this perfectly good hardware, and they don't want to have to buy new hardware just to run Windows 10. And we don't want them running Windows 7 after Microsoft stops supporting uh, and with, with updates and stuff. I think that would be a it's, it might be a good uh, pathway. People saying, "Look, I have this perfectly good hardware. You know, I don't want to spend, you know." money on this i don't want to go to windows 10 and i just want to use my machine i know it's old but it still works and just because something's old or it's cheap nowadays that's you know not everybody is flush with money and can drop what what's a computer nowadays a seven eight hundred bucks some people just don't have that yeah i yeah i didn't look at the think about the chrome angle about that, and that might be a good use because they did mention that on Windows Weekly that you know there's some people that a Chromebook would do exactly what they wanted, but then there's others that need it to uh, maybe uh, do some heavier lifting of um, you know some accounting or whatever. So I mean, yeah, there there's options, but even if they go to the um, the Chromebooks, they've still got to get off two, three hundred bucks. What happens yeah. if you don't have two or three hundred bucks? Right. Uh, I'm, exactly. I'm just looking at this economically. Just because something's old um, doesn't mean it's time to just chuck it out. If we can extend life even for another three to five years, then you know that's a better outcome. I, maybe right. you think differently. I, I'm not saying that they'll never have to upgrade, but why force people? You know, that's coming to the end. Remember I told you the date was important? Next year, end of life for Windows 7. If we can give another three years of useful, you know, service of, of this hardware for people, and if we can find interfaces that is that don't have such a high uh, learning curve that people are comfortable with, then I think we could gain users and more users use it. So when they do upgrade, they might just choose to stay with Linux. Yeah, a couple of good reasons you've touched on here for maintaining that old hardware. One is not everyone has the money to go buy new hardware when Windows stops supporting the old version and the new version requires much more capable and powerful hardware. So installing something like Kubuntu, Ubuntu, Mint, uh, Ubuntu Mate, Budgie, um, on that older hardware extends its life and prevents people from having to fork over some additional cash to, to buy new hardware that they don't really need because the old hardware works just fine. And the other possibility is even if you do have plenty of money to be able to afford to go buy a new computer when you want one, uh, not necessarily when you need one, um, you can repurpose that older hardware. You can... You know, set it up with one of these 
distributions have a modern operating system on the older hardware and use it as a file server, use it as something to teach younger people how to use computing. You can put one of these distributions on it and give it away or sell it. There are plenty of things you can do with an older computer, uh, not the least of which is to donate it to uh, some someone who needs it can't afford any computer, let alone a, a new version of one you've already got, and uh, allow them to get on the internet and to begin to uh, interact with the, the modern society on the internet. So, yeah, lots lots of good reasons there. So I I take it overall, Bill, that you like Kubuntu. Yeah, I like Kubuntu quite a bit. Um... It's uh, been rock solid, and I've really uh, been impressed. I, like I said, I had been kind of harshing on the KDE environment, and a lot of the stuff that I didn't like is now gone or fixed or streamlined. So the workflow is pretty close to what I like. Uh, and I would even say more, even more so than Windows 10 was. I still have to use Windows 10 for work, but... Um, you know, when you use a uh, something totally different from your work, sometimes it's to think, okay, uh, okay, yeah, okay, that's how I do it on this machine. So if they all kind of work the same for me and my brain, it, it, it just seems like it's a win-win. And uh, it's built on the rock-solid Ubuntu. Uh, there's plenty of software. I can get the... Uh, the package files, Debian uh, base files for you know Discord and Chrome without having to think, okay, is this going to work? And I now I know they've addressed some of it with snaps and flat packs, but you know if you're a new uh, user, you might not even uh, be aware of those, and or you might install them, not even know you have them on there. Hmm. Right. You've got to choose a distribution that works the way you need it to work, and. You may remember, you may know that the very first Ubuntu distribution I ever used was Kubuntu 6.06. Oh, wow. And I was, yeah, I was looking at Ubuntu and I was attracted to the fact that it was very, very user friendly. Um, but I decided to go with Kubuntu for the same reasons you just mentioned. It looks familiar to someone moving from Windows, which is where I was moving from. And I had tried other distributions before that. Uh, and eventually, I came to like the GNOME 2 desktop environment over KDE, uh, and that GNOME 2 is what was on the later versions of Ubuntu, so I switched to Ubuntu. But eventually, I moved to Linux Mint to get some additional features in Linux and switched to the Cinnamon desktop, which was the default on Linux Mint. And I found myself though, going back and modifying the Cinnamon desktop to get it to look like and work like GNOME 2. So when I found Ubuntu Mate and that they have a one-button-click setup that switches the Mate desktop environment to exactly what I want, it was an easy choice to stay with Ubuntu Mate. And I find that most users, like us, switch to what is familiar and then find the power, the security, and the flexibility of Linux and eventually settle on a setup that supports their own way of working. So that's, I think, um, uh, I, I think your point is well taken, Bill. Yeah. So, you know, it, I don't want anybody to think 
that uh, were harsh on other uh, distros or, or you know, but no, we'll we'll just harsh on Windows. Yeah, yeah we're just talking about Linux, <laughs> and uh, I think we both agree distro di- different distributions will have will fit different people better, and uh, for what we've experienced. Uh, and I know we've been accused of being Ubuntu fanboys. Ubuntu seems to work the best for us. So, um, but that's not saying that there, that Arch won't work better for you. But when we have a, a, a user whose Windows 7 is going uh, end of life, or their Mac hardware finally died, and they and and they have no clue how to get Windows 10 to work because there's different workflows as we've talked about. It's nice that we have something to offer them saying, hey, before you you know, drink too much Kool-Aid or, or uh, bang your head against the wall, look at these and see if this works for you. And, you know, the cost is right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so and, and, and what's nice is Almost all the distros have a try it before you well buy it for nothing, but you know you can try it and see if it works for you. And if it does, that's great. So that's why I think it, uh, that long-term support versions are best for new users. Right now, you can run a really state-of-the-art operating system to get work done that is very similar to the flow of your old operating system that that. The corporation decided, okay, we're ending life of it. Have a nice day type of thing. I mean, they even have people in Windows uh, 10 have said, you know, we don't like you pushing these um, biannual updates to us. And if you're a home user, I think now they're they're talking about being able to, you know, maybe postpone it for 30 days or something like that. But you're going to get it sooner or later. Uh, yeah, those and, forced upgrades are something that has plagued Windows for a while. And I've noticed that if you install Microsoft software on your Mac, you end up with the same sort of forced upgrade for those those applications. And, you know, it's just something we don't have with Linux as an issue. You know, we have a stable system that doesn't throw you on asked for changes and you can choose to install or not install any update that you want. Now, and on along the same lines, and not uh, not uh, trying to be harsh or you know bashing is you know say you you've got uh, you're running um, Ubuntu Mate eighteen point point four, and it goes out of sir uh, out of it's end of life. The next version's out. Uh, you're not going to have a com- uh, you're not going to have them popping up and saying well, you need you know you need to upgrade this into life. You can use it. We don't recommend. We always recommend staying with your updates and stuff. But you know sometimes you might be in the middle of something. Do you just can't? You don't want to change something until you get it completed. So yeah, that's yeah. Th- you know you might have it where a machine just is is. Uh, you're working on a big project, and you're just like, "Look, I am not going to take the chance of something uh, blowing up until I'm done." So you're not forced to move on. You have an operating system that works the way you want, and doesn't change until you're ready for it. 
versus one that you're going to get it twice a year whether you like it or not and we might take this program and we might change the way it looks or how it works so if you got if you got a uh, a system that will just works for you on day one on day you know 762 it's still going to be working that same way mm-hmm. absolutely so yeah that's kind of uh, my uh my take on it, you know, we 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 hear about e-waste and about people throwing stuff away that's still perfectly good because the latest and greatest it can't be serviced, upgraded, or whatever. And we're looking at uh, the financial part. You know, you got perfectly good hardware, and also operating systems should do what you want to do, not the other way around. Exactly. I'm off my soapbox, but that was one of the things that just really irritated me because. When I heard that, I'm like, there's no reason to throw away perfectly good hardware, especially if we can get a little more life out of it. Uh, I know Chromebooks are cheap, but not everybody uh, will want a Chromebook. Um, uh, and like I said, someone might not have three, 400 bucks to, to throw at it at that time. You don't know what's going on. So, you know, I think we both can, you know, get off our soapbox and say options are good. Yes. yes. Yes, the options are good. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. Uh, sorry for the, the very ranty one. I know this was supposed to be mostly a Kubuntu. Uh, you know, I was looking for something so we have options to give people. So, you know, getting back to our, 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 our subject without going too far off the rails like we just did. Sorry, guys. Um Kubuntu is loaded with everything that you need to get it up and running, and most important, using it to get things done. And it's a win-win. LibreOffice is installed. Uh, Cantina, which is a music player. If you don't like it, you can always go back to Amarok. Uh, Cantina is a very – it kind of reminds me of uh, iTunes interface, but not. It's easy to understand. You know, It comes with Firefox browser, but you can install Chrome. Their video player that comes with it is called Dragon Player, which I think is an awesome name. But if you don't like Dragon Player, you can install VLC. And that's basically a video movie player that just it just works. And that's just a few of the things uh, that, that are in it. And they look great, and they work. Uh, and if you need something else, uh, you can use Moan. I believe I'm saying that right. And that's their package manager to install what you want. Heck, KD even has updated and installed my NVIDIA drivers without any input from me, which I mentioned before, which is an awesome thing. And so, Larry, uh, I think um, Kubuntu has won me over you know, over all the improvements that they've done. They've been really, really good. Um, I could, I feel I could install this for a Windows user, and in just a few moments, they could be working with it with little issue. And I would say that's a win. Yep. Perfect. Well, thanks for doing that review, Bill. Review slash rant. <laughs> yeah, review slash rant. Yeah, I think, Sorry. though, that the review is, is going to uh, give early switchers from Windows uh, pause to take a look at Kubuntu. And that might just work for you. And like I said, if it doesn't, there are plenty of other 
Linux distributions out there you can try. And when you find the right one for you, you can settle on it. Or if you find one that's pretty close, Linux gives you a lot of flexibility to adjust it to exactly what you want because you have the ability to make changes. Unlike some other operating systems we won't name. Let me uh, ask you a question since we're along uh, along the, the these lines. Uh, Kubuntu, I would say, is would be very you know familiar to um, Windows users. But mm-hmm. which of the ver- uh, and we're not saying you have to, but which of the versions uh, uh, would like would you say are closer to the Mac OS? And because you know you can't. Buy just general hardware and put macOS and you know right and oh and uh, Mac hardware is expensive. It's, uh, I was looking at some of the prices. So if I say, well, I still like that feeling, but what what would you recommend? Would you know? Do, is there another version or of Ubuntu or maybe a totally different distribution? And I have one uh, that I think would work, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Well, um, I think that of the major desktop environments, and when we're talking about how does the version of Linux that you're using work, we're talking mainly about the desktop environment, the graphical user interface. Mm -hmm. GNOME, I think, is pretty close uh, to the way that a Mac works. However, I do think that the one that I have used, and there are plenty of others out there, uh, but the one that I have used that comes the closest to the way that uh, a Mac works it, without a lot of fiddling is probably Ubuntu Mate with one of the panel layouts that you can choose in the Mate Tweak utility that comes with Ubuntu Mate. And I think it's the Cupertino layout that lays out the, the panels very similar to Mac. However, just about any Linux distribution has enough power and enough flexibility to allow you to tweak it to work exactly how you want. And there are even some themes that you can download that make it look exactly like the Mac OS interface. On the other mm-hmm. hand, un- unless Bunny's an object, if you want it to look and work and behave exactly like Mac OS, maybe you should go get Mac OS. But uh, that that's my thought. Yeah. That's your thought. Well, um, I, I figured that that would be uh, that uh, Ubuntu Mate would be in there, and I agree with you there. You can make it look look the way you want, but uh, we're talking about someone just coming over with the minimal. Sure. And, okay. Uh, yeah. So there's a uh, a fairly new distribution out there um, that's called Elementary OS. Yes. Um, they're coming a long ways. I know, uh, with their development, I haven't looked at them recently, but I did look at their page. It's very Mac, uh, feeling. Uh, I don't know much about them, but that might be, uh, another alternative. Like I said, the more choices, the better, but I, I do agree with you. You know, if you do want to take the time to get things, you know, just the way you want, uh, any distribution can be made to do that. You know, if I didn't, if I got tired of the Kubuntu desktop, 
I wouldn't have to reinstall. I could just go to the package manager and download another interface. Now, mm -hmm. that being said, it might not be as polished uh, or the uh, – Tweaks that they make things easy, you know, a little bit easier for new users might not be in there. I might still have to do some work. We're just talking uh, about install it and start using it. So I would say you're right because you know Ubuntu Mate took GNOME three and made it look like GNOME two. Is that is that what you would say? So it's not really taking GNOME three and making it work like GNOME two. Uh, it's it was a fork from GNOME 2, and as Mate okay. has improved and uh, changed over the years, it has grown to be a desktop environment on its own. And with Ubuntu Mate, switching the user interface to work the way you want it to do is a single button click in yeah, that the, is nice. uh, Mate tweak. So, yeah, that's very convenient there. It's not exactly install it and use it if you want it to look differently, but it is very easy to make it look very close to the way you want it to work, whether that's you want it to look and work like uh, uh, elementary OS or you want it to look and work like Windows or look and work like Mac. You can do that all with a single button click, and you can switch between them without having to restart your computer, which is even better. Okay, so yeah, Martin and Steam do a good job. So yeah, o only I can take a review of Kubuntu and end it on a note that brings it back to Ubuntu Mate, right? <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's fine. I mean, because in the grand scheme of things, we just want people to use Linux to get things done uh, right. in the most in most enjoyable way possible. And so, all my, I guess my to, to kind of end this this podcast is like okay all you windows 7 users are coming to the end of life i'm sure you're listening to us come over to the dark side uh, and drink our kool-aid the and light I, side yeah, oh that's right oh, well, i guess the dark side okay wait well, either way yeah, come whatever. to our side <laughs> <laughs> larry's sunshine and light i'm the evil part okay but no you know you, you do have options and uh you know if so if you're new and going, these guys are crazy, hey, let us know. But um, we, we we both want people to use Linux and, and really be able to get on with their life. Not everybody's as geeky as us who spend a good portion of our lives looking at a computer screen. So sometimes they just want to install it, know how to use it, get things done, and then go outside into the sunlight. Ugh. Yes, uh, but... Big blue room outside, yes. So. Yeah, if it has a bright light. I can't find the off switch for it. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, our next episode will be listener feedback. And until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast community, and it's at community.goinglinux.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73.
Theme music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.